We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Keolagas Cora on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. La Niklas O'Brenon. Saturdays and Nikki Brennan is sponsored by Sam Heyer at Chadwick's Kilkenny. Yeah, fall to reveal a story of Keologus Korar, Radio Fogel Karkil Kinnig, or a hook to hook point of shock FM. It's Fader Eshok, Leshen Glorshok, Oxahar, and Erinate Log, Ogosarishan, and Loon, Erinate Log. Well, our margin big me holler, dear me, a kind more gowl air on coronavirus. Agus Nigalamara, go will on Tame Kenne, email on Fogel Got Law. The Kamorosek Shul feel her con and DJs far sit down, Arunu. Nila Kulger Falkus, a Kamortus. And there in Namshaw, I can see a mask to Mark Collins, a VA governor, Sustashun Shaw or a one, couple of Benahin. A Mark and Shaw Hermogen, again, she's doing Connors's Fader Vota, a Horto, Con on Kedot, a Guantamak. Well, Kosule, Tunskaniv, Exula, current coronavirus shock, or Tunskal Umper. Big Paul, I was JJ Kavanagh, Sturahori, Banish Dirkta, JJ Kavanagh and Sons, or Otto Norlin, a Korshis, Er on Gano. Egg on Aumshaw, August Bay Cooper, Fockle Green Freshen, Majorlesh on Clehi, Clehi Shisher, a big Gimmerty Kilkinig, Aaron Derishakton Shire and Aaron Downock. Well, Nee Stanley Sitlar, Beg May Kint, Ledina Avi Lahar, Lorogona on Holidosa on Mayfair. Well, you're very welcome to another day's broadcasting here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Delighted that you are able to join us. Well, we start off this morning with uh, Michala Dermida. She's talking to us about the coronavirus. Hasn't gone away, sadly. Let's hear what Michal has to say to us this morning. Well, the Radio Star 2020 competition to find the top DJ this year is nearing completion, with the final votes to be cast in the coming week is down to the last five. And among them is Kilkenny's DJ Mark Collins, a former colleague of ours here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Well, Mark will join me this morning to chat about the competition and to seek your vote, which might help him get into first place when the winner is announced in a couple of weeks. Well, the transport industry was badly hampered by the lockdown due to COVID-19. During the week, I visited the newly opened premises of JJ Cavan and Sons, where I spoke to Joint Managing Directors JJ and Paul Cavanagh about their return to business in the past week. And, of course, our conversation drifted into a bit about hurling because the JJ Cavan and Sons sponsored the Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship, and that's at its quarterfinal stages this weekend. And, of course, there's a camogie match important to the Emeralds as well. And did I, dare I say it to myself? Finally, later in the programme, we'll continue our series of interviews from the closing days of the Mayfair Ballroom in Irish Town in Kilkenny. Those interviews are actually going down a treat with listeners. Boss Main Lattice, Fader Fogra, Kurko, Merlin, Never, 086 353 That's our text line. Always glad to hear from the listeners. And Mabuikas, Tatonia, Sinirdin, Nisam, Irish, Chadwick, Stonorik, Tadon, Clarshaw. As always, we appreciate the help of Tony Duggan and the team in Sam Hyre and Chadwick's for this programme and for our station. We wouldn't be anywhere without you, our listeners. Community Radio is a volunteer station and thank you for your support and we do appreciate it and we don't take it for granted. Well, Anish, Michal Adimida, to a couple of folk, Michal Anish, Margaul Aaron, Coronavirus. Well, Fayera, 
on Fandream, Pandream, the, the pandemic, uh, Tom Fuckerson, uh, on Fandream, I was on Shin, a truth in a Pandream, Tasha, uh, more sergeant on Tishkinadok. I was a Shin, Moloch, the Gacht in a Moskuna, a haha, with Rose Naber, the no frigini excapa o rinagodina, no maskana, no. We fokleller wing the fado puhin a horrorina, a Christopher and puhin, we shashina con dollar a yen of on the sewer, domer blind man's puff, da immer to good, we are puhin a good. I was a clue the hell on a wing fado freshen, no an oifiddle. Session Buchlier, Kalini, Verke, Dolish and Drolin, Kadish, Eifidlach, on Mask, on Rodas Tarti, Fen Mask, Gahashe, on Throne, August on Bale, a Fudach, a Rosna, Berg, Shelley, PC, Shelley, Bioga, Gimart, Sonair, Osnodina, Gahar, and Nord Ligdina, a Sreas, no sneeze, no da Ligdach. Da merche kasachtach, coughing no Israelikans. So, Arenos Nishandina, a Vios Schacht, Oskern Schacht, August Mission in the Mask Shoot, Vioring Cocooning again of Hagasa, Honig Radio Nagretic to Suicide Vokrishin, Cloharu, Vinadine Cloharu, Togonshion Vokr, Clohar. Gajas Tlohar, no winter at the heat, Koshnachina, Gajas Tlohar, nice and snug. So we know we to a Tloharu, the rare jar of Vito Ishtigas, Vito Gajas Choli, Ishtigon Vokt. Maranchin, Honig on Gian Glass Oil, on Gian Glass Oil, Session on Lockdown, Glass. Then dollars of a fade last, I was too fain of a hishtig, I was gone cad of a dollar mach, I was very tashed or food and hide. I was on shin, well, I stole on Pharaoh and Gunta, Phil Hogan, the inch says, Namert, no Navner, inch spur spear, or in glass oil, and Jean glass oil, Shahogus, well, uh, we, 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 August Hashi de Gobro Gugina, August Stoker Jotter Gwil Sanol in Oxford, August Gwil Sampli Gugisha Kaffer, Arish Marajan Kaffer Toss Dawal again of our vaccine is Shafirkinjo and will she the Sawail Shimmer, Beder Gumert vaccine on August Verche, the Kurukshan Ruig. Aaron Virus Corona, Akbeda Gunenak said, You are fresh in this Nuskahogan, Countess Nabuil Vahesh, Jigs the Harp. So, and Shin, our mother Nehijakas, 
Tan Skullin or Rash, August Plushimi, the lawn, Fay, Hubs, August Pads, August Roddy Marshin, August Contact, Cuddy and Fockle, while a stalk of Mull, Tan Fuffy and Fockle Mull, only Goni, more Fockle or Hub, August Kulame, Edan, Macalch, Virkim, or Felador, or Irn Kiri, Bedro, Fehablino, Hen, August Dash in a free video, he's Litruch in Wales, Kiri. August Bullock, Sklara won Lesson Virus. August Inchet Hoggers, which on radio, Inchet Hoggers, the Bullagon, Sheshin, a bubble, no Shinian on Grailing a Vega, our Hob, Hob, Capus, Grushi Gajas. August on Rodan Shin, Hulamothrakta, Keen Aulam, Faulam, Keen Aulam, no long distance learning. Session been to Savalia, like Corona Techno Alexa, been to a Jango Wallace, the Moon Tory, August, Neilam Condolish Shocks, the Scale Shin, August and Shin, Honey Tori in a heart test, Mach, well, Need Tori, Vienna, Heel, Vianta, Ach Marajerfo, Masukhan, no assessment, and Masukhan in the Moon Tory. Areno Shinid Kridisna Tear Me Nua Dola Miamor or Le Shea Vianus Madalam Fain Tommy Fain August McLaren Slan Sawalcher Kara Mahogum Fain a Kailak Leshen Virus Session on Monsignor Jim Casson Virchen or Oktron Iglash to Hiran August Dibrim or Lechela Finam Lintagus Vial Vas a Gum Air Ock and Farbox Near even trying to go mahig August and Shin, nor a fool on 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 fear to say, well, the scoop shall leshe slan more an inch to lay August can energy a trocher around him. So Shin a vigor gumsa, Laura Grisha, Nilain, Nilain Maradurum, Nisano Lime, of Bimshe, Jirig Mefena Hussan, Shagus, Guim Gachra Horov, Shagus Biki Fain Koramuk, August Tartara. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Community Radio Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Yeah, Father Nashki the Kyologoscora. Well, Takamora Sexual Fila Harkon and DJs far sit down the road now. Well, Neela Cougar Falcon Sakamortis in Ish and the mask Tom Mark Collins, and I'm delighted to have Mark Collins in the studio with us. But before we talk to Mark, just listen to this. Mark Collins, doing what he does best, lounging around, drinking coffee, and playing records. We like to call it we like a, to radio call it a radio show. A radio show. I wonder what he's like at home. Sounds like a really angry man, doesn't he? That's Eminem. He just seems really angry all the time, but he can't be. He must be calm at home. And does he talk in rhyme at home, I wonder? Love to know. I'd like to see uh, an MTV Cribs with him and see what he's like. Because he couldn't be that angry all the time. He just couldn't. No one would live with him. I don't really mind. Right, back to 1989, before most of you were born. But I remember this. Darlene Spiteri at her best with Texas and I don't want to love her. Well, Mark Collins, you need a very specific <laughs> voice. I thought I might just 
pull that little clip together and just let people remember the voice that was once behind the desk where I'm sitting here. That's, that's quite, you, you, you surprised me there. You've been stalking me, have you? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, nice to hear that. Thank you very much. I did, I was, that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that at all. Well, I think if we want to introduce you to the people, we better, we better let them remember who you are. Yeah. Mark, obviously, we know you're not, a, you, you, you're, you're living now in Ballyhale, of course, uh, but that uh, dulcet tone, that accent, is, is, is not a Kilkenny accent. Give us a, where did it all happen? Well, I, start I, out. Well, I was born in England um, through no through no fault of my own. <laughs> my, my parents, uh, who were both Irish, uh, met in England, and obviously I was born there. But I, I only lived in England until I was uh, fourteen, and then we moved to Ireland. But I had my formative years there, so maybe that's where I sound like I sound, I suppose. Uh, but then moved back to uh, Waterford. Uh, grew up there and then uh, joined the army and that brought me to Kilkenny and I've been here ever since. And uh, you were obviously in the James Stevens Barracks in Kilkenny. Correct, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, obviously music has been and radio has been, you've been very interested in all your life. Of course, we, we know you from here and you're, you're involved in uh, doing uh, some shows on KCLR as well. How did the whole radio thing develop? It's quite interesting, really. I, I don't know. Um, I, I was in when I was in the army. I was part of the basic infantry battalion, but I got the opportunity to do a signals course, and that first introduction to radio, uh, obviously, be not the type of radio we do, but obviously just communication via a piece of apparatus. That kind of pricked my imagination a little bit. And then further down the road, I actually saw an advertisement on a telegraph pole for AMS Radio, which was a pirate radio station back in 1987 in the uh, arcade in Kilkenny. Yeah, and I just literally walked in the door and went, I'd love to do that. And they said, well, have you ever done it? I said, no. So I went in and watched how to do it. And then they just said, you're on next Saturday. And that, that was literally it, really. How you I got the bug. I, I literally got the bug there and then. Just loved every second of it. And just progressed then, obviously, when radio became legal in Ireland. Uh, radio Kilkenny was the first legal station in Kilkenny. And I was fortunate enough to be involved in that as well. And that was the precursor to here. And just, just kind of snowballed. And I, and I just doing radio for, for as long as I can remember now. And uh, your, your, your music's taste, what, what, how would you uh, define uh, you your know, music so taste? That's, that's a good question because I, I actually love all types of music. I mean, I went to see Andrea Bocelli in concert. I see Michael Bublé in concert. I went to see the Eagles, I saw Michael Jackson, you know, so right across the board, I, I just like all types of music. Now, I'm not a massive fan, I'm not a massive fan of, of, of deep jazz, I like commercial jazz, I like commercial blues, um, so I have a broad spectrum of music. If anybody asks me, you know, are oh, you only playing what you like, well, you probably would listen, Enigma is one of my favourite bands, people go, who? You know, so it's it's very broad. And how would you compare, Mark, when you started off and the music of that time or even subsequent years and the music now? How do you compare artists? Because I, I, I'm big into music. A lot of people wouldn't realise that, but I'm very big into music. And I struggle to understand some of today's artists and their music. Yeah, well, I suppose it's, it's, it's like of a generation, you know, it's the music that, you know, that we grew up with, we think is fantastic because it imprinted in our memory and in our brain. And, you know, a lot of people from my uh, generation would think, oh, the 70s, 80s, best music ever released. And then you talk to my son who says, 90s, best music ever. You know, so it probably evolves with, with generations. Um, music does evolve. I, I like, I mean, there's chart music now that I, I love and there's chart music that I hate. But equally, there's some music from the 60s that I thought, oh, don't really like that, you know. So it's a personal thing. It's very subjective, as we all know. What one person loves, another person hates. So, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to types of music. You know, 
people like what they like. We're hearing the criticism maybe uh, at all local radios, I'm including both the local commercial radio and the likes of this station here. We're certainly more inclined to give local artists a fair crack of the whip, and uh, whereas national stations perhaps don't do that as much. Am I fair in that comment? Yeah, I definitely think so. Now, I do think it has changed and evolved over the last few years. I think Irish music is, is getting a little bit more fair crack of the whip, but I think... Uh, Back maybe in the uh, maybe 10 or 15, 20 years ago, I think the people that were in charge of radio stations realised or thought that they needed to give the masses what they wanted, and that was prepackaged radio. And local artists weren't big enough. You know, we'll play Phil Collins and we'll play the Eagles, but we won't play, you know whoever it happens to be the local artist. But that has evolved and has changed, and it's great to see it because there's some unbelievably talented people out there and I think why why would, don't they deserve to be on the radio the same as everybody else? Absolutely and you uh, was it music and uh, DJing and was there, was your career you're obviously doing something else and now you're this is this is a hobby for you yeah. but we, we know that you uh, have gigs or had gigs in hotels and various other nightclubs and all that that's all disappeared with the coronavirus how are you and your colleagues yeah. maybe not so much yourself now you're not as dependent on it but yeah. colleagues that you know in the industry we have Paul Sheridan here from Waterford now who uh, is not able to do his gigs for example it's a total change to their life that they're and, and their and their income they're they're struggling and and a lot of them i think are, are kind of forgotten about you know they talk about the airlines and other industries but the entertainment industry are on their knees there's no doubt about that because a lot of like you said colleagues of mine who it, it, was, the, it was their only source of income i was lucky that when i dj'd and i'm practically retired from that now I had a day job so I wasn't as dependent on on the income from from entertainment as as some people are um so most of them are just on the on the the PUP that that's how they're surviving you know and there's no sign of the industry opening up enough to be sustainable for artists at the moment um I mean they're talking about the pubs opening on on the 21st the wet pubs and possibly entertainment being allowed but I, I just don't see it, if I'm honest. I, I can't see it happening. And discos, I was speaking to somebody who runs a, a nightclub and he reckons if if they open by 2022, they'll be doing well. Yeah, there's going to be some loss. Well, Mark, you want to become the radio star of 2020. <laughs> how are we going to make that happen? Now, you better tell me, how did you get this idea that you want to become the... And this would be a kind of a, a world champion. Now, let's not, under, let's not <laughs> understate this now. Well, not, not every DJ in the world enters, so let's not get carried away. <laughs> but some people from different parts of the world have entered. Um, it literally happened. It's been running for three years. It's run by a, 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 a media company called On Air Coach who coach radio presenters basically that's their gig and they started this search for radio presenters in 2018 so it's there's been two people before now and I entered being quite honest with just for a bit of fun the COVID thing the lockdown was there and I was twiddling my thumbs I was I was off work obviously and I thought oh, let's have a bit of fun and it has been a great distraction from that because it's a bit of positivity uh, and there was over 5,000 people entered and I came out to be in the top 10 which I was gobsmacked about and then we had to do some radio challenges and submit them to the judges who are all industry standard and I got into the top 7 and then we had to do another challenge and now I'm in the top 5 so it's just kind of snowballed a bit and basically a percentage of the voting is from the public vote so there's a bit of popularity involved as well sure. so I'm just trying to be as popular as I can. Yeah we have a text in from Henry Hogan wishing you well and hoping that you win that spot there <laughs> um, but in terms, you, in, in, ter in terms Mark of um, the voting let's how do people vote for you? Well, T tell them the best way to do it. Yeah, well, it's it's like anything. It's all most of it's done now through social media. And you can do it on your phone. So onaircoach.net is is where the website is hosted, and that's where the voting takes place. So if you just log on to onaircoach.net, 
everything is there. You just literally follow it. You see Radio Star 2020, you see my name, you click on it. It will ask you probably to vote through either Facebook, Google or Twitter and then you just click on my name again. And that's it, you register to vote. And S- simple can, you, can you vote once or many times? No, you can only vote once. Previous to this there was actually, um, you could vote every day but the volume of votes was, was so huge they actually had to stream it down. So now you can only vote once to one IP address basically, that's the way it works. Which I think is a little bit more fairer because... Well, it, prob- you know, it probably is. Well, look at yeah. if, uh, if things were different... Uh, you would be uh, heading to Nolan Park this evening yes. to watch uh, Shamrock's Bally Hill yes, because of a strong connection there that you can tell me about. Um, <laughs> but you've become a real hurling fan because I see you now at matches that we'd be covering. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary from a guy that was born and raised in London who didn't know one end of a hurl from anything uh, to now being at GA, ga- GA Games on a regular basis. Uh, I've got a little bit of skin in the game in that my partner's son is uh, Dean Mason who's uh, the Bally Hill goalkeeper. and yes. uh, So I've, I've been involved in that heavily and, and Trish will tell you, like Trish, he's, she's his mum, so, you know, she's just passionate about hurling. Well, of course, uh, you if, know. You, if you're and if you're living in Shamrock's yeah. Valley Hill or in Valley Hill, yeah. you can't but be interested no, because exactly. they're the... Now, you want to attain, they are the cream of the crop, so you're trying to become the cream of the crop in the world of DJ. <laughs> well, it would be nice, you know, lot to, lot to live up to there because I live on a road where Henry lives up the road, TJ's a little bit further, Colin Fenley's down the road, and the four Mullins brothers lives across the road. No so, pressure. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. So, yeah, it, it's it's a great place to live, great community. Uh, hurling is just, it's in the blood, it's ah, in the DNA. Yeah. No, they're, they're, it's incredible. They're, they're super. I mean, yeah. the, the way they can actually just keep it going and keep it going. And, you know, we always think maybe they're going to, maybe they're on the slide, maybe they're on the slide, and suddenly they shoot up like, yeah. a, like a fish in the sea just jumps up again. It's in the DNA. Yeah. So, you know, if, if somebody's got a younger brother, they're going to come onto the team. That's, that's what the Mullins happened. That's what the Fennelys, they've all, it's all in the DNA, you know. Back to the, back to the, G, the DJ, and uh, you're still continuing to enjoy it. As I said, it's, it's now a hobby, so you can, you can look at it in a different perspective. Yeah, it, I love music as you do and uh, being able to talk and play music is it's great isn't it I mean you know and if somebody pays you to do it great if they don't it doesn't matter it's not about the money so yeah I do I do some filling work with KCLR which I love doing I, I, I'm quite versatile in radio so I can do lots of different types of music so I've filled in for John Kinsler which is nice easy listening stuff I've done some of the sports stuff which I love sport as well I fill in for Owen Carey so I do some of the pop stuff so it's just I just have a passion for radio so if, if there's a gig available and somebody can't turn up give me a ring and I'll be and there and tell me do you have a favourite artist if you were to pick one artist who you could say yeah that's the one person I because I could uh, listen to all night. God, that's a really tough one, you know. Like, I often ask people, you know, if you could go to a desert island and you could only bring one record with you, what would it be? Well, do you tell me now? Well, well, if I, I will tell you. It would be Enigma, believe it or not. I know people go, what? Because it, it's relaxing, it's different, it's, it's called world music. And their album is called MCXM. And that's the well, if you become the world number one DJ, yeah. um, I mean, you can now set up a studio yep. down in Valley Hill yep. and you can actually broadcast the world, <laughs> such is the way technology works now, as we saw during COVID. So the world is your oyster, Mark Collins. Thanks very much. You know, it certainly is. And, and like I said, I just want to thank everybody who's voted for me up to now. And I've been bugging people to vote for me. So uh, I'm, I apologise for pestering you for a vote, but uh, it's great to get the support. And I just want to thank everybody who's already given me a vote. And if you haven't, just log on to onaircoach.net and vote for Mark Collins. There you go. Well, Mark was a colleague of ours here. We had good times here in uh, in Community Radio Kilkenny City and uh, we want to wish him well. We'd love to see him uh, win that coveted award. And if you do win, you promise me you'll come back and chat to me. I'll definitely come back to you and chat with you um, if I do win. And just before I go, I just want to wish best of luck to Dean Mason and the rest of the Bally Hill lads this afternoon. Of course. And we did get a phone call earlier from Jim Rowan wishing everyone the best look as well. Funny Gilling, baby, turn ash to race the Fogley Show. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.
Keolagas Cora on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. La Niklas O'Brenon. Yeah, Falcha Hernashkidi Keolagas Cora, because we could still Mark Collins of a kind lump there, couple of nomad I hin. Well, Kasule Chuns Kavinev, Exula, current coronavirus is Jocker Tions Kalumpar. El Triton Chakna Vime Kaint Le Paul, Agus JJ Kavana, as Jurahori Banish Tiapta, or JJ Kavanagh Sons Art and Rurling, Agus Anishtashi de Korshis, Aragano, Eganam Shah. Well, I'm here in the pristine new offices of uh, JJ Cavanagh Sons here in Orlingford, and we're here to talk business and some sport as well. But uh, I suppose we'll start with you, JJ. No doubt you're, you're glad to be back on the road. So, how has the pandemic impacted the business over recent months? It's been incredibly difficult, Nikki, for both ourselves and our staff. We've had um, six months of inaction with the exception of a few services we operate on behalf of the National Transport Authority in West Waterford, Wicklow and Nace. So everything else has been parked since. So it's been very, very difficult. Thankfully, this week we have we have managed to recommence operate or last week we recommenced operations and the we're seeing a, a gradual increase in business and people are back traveling with us again, which is wonderful to see all our the old faces coming back. And we're hoping to build it back up again very quickly, but it's it's going to be a slow process because with offices closed, colleges in scale back, so it's going to, and they'd be the cohort of our business. So it's going to be a very slow process getting back into full full uh, rhythm again. The first week has been positive, and that's the main thing. Uh, in terms then of of getting back to what you're talking about, the, the, what was previously the the normal business for you, what needs to happen? To, to get back to that stage. I mean, are people still somewhat reluctant to travel on a Pe- bus? People are reluctant, will be reluctant to travel because of all the mixed messages coming from government with regard to not, not to, to, to only to avail of public transport in as a last resort. But uh, we have put in a very precise and concise cleaning regime to make sure everything is in pristine condition at all times. We have engaged a lot more staff to, to make sure that all the coaches are cleaned to the highest possible standards at all every day. Whilst we were cleaning them once a day, now some of them have been done two and three times a day just to make sure everything is right, particularly where we have services in, in Watford City and places like that where, where there's a lot of people moving at, at all times. You know, we are confident that people will, like they, have, they know us for a long time, they're travelling with us for years and they, they will come back and there is, the airport will is very quiet still. It will be quiet. It will be quiet, I think, another year to two before the airport starts to happen again for people. People will not be travelling. So, into this, to the numbers, like Dublin Airport at the moment is handling about 10,000 people a day, where they were handling 115, 120,000 people a day at this time of year. So, it, it, there is a long way back. And when you heard the announcement there this morning that Ryanair are thinking of pulling out of both Shannon and, and um, Cork for the winter, it's a reflection on the number of people who are travelling, you know, so it's a very, very difficult situation at the moment for, for people wishing to travel. And I suppose Fauch Ireland, I attend some meetings with Fauch Ireland, and one of the things that's coming out is that they're trying to get to the stage where people will be checked when they come in, temperature checks and uh, the COVID check will be done at Dublin Air, at the, at the points of entry. And if that happens, I suppose it may help to get people moving again but, you know, it's like everything. It's it's like there are no concerts, there are no matches in Croke Park, for instance. There's no events. People are in the hotels, can only have six people in any... So there's no business conferences, no conference work. So things are 
it will take a long time to get back to where where, where we were before. Like, and unfortunately, or fortunately, 2019 was probably a great year for everybody involved in coach and bus transport. It was a growing, every, everything was on the upward curve, so it was very positive, and it just shows you how fickle life is when, 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 when a small thing like a, a virus can just shut the whole world down, not just Ireland. Uh, Paul, in terms of the staff then, how have your staff coped? I mean, there's been a lot of stress with yourself and JJ, of course, as the joint managing directors of the business, but, but for your staff in general, it's been a tough time. It was, and it's a very uncertain time, and, and, and this is a very uncertain time for us all at the beginning, especially the 14th, 15th of March. And myself and JJ were looking at things maybe prior to a week or prior to that, and it was... You know, it, was, it was very unsettling because our numbers were dropping. Uh, our um, staff could see this because obviously we're out on the roads, or uh, all our staff. And basically, then when it, we, we made the decision to cancel all services on the, the, the 14th Saturday morning, we canceled them and we, we finished 48 hours later that was the agreement with the NTA. And so we didn't run any services on Patrick's Day, that was the 17th. So it was, it was a huge decision for both JJ and myself uh, to take. Literally, we were closing down a business that was in operation for over 100 years. You know? So it was a, a really massive emotional and a massive decision to make. And it uh, wasn't done lightly, but we knew we had no other option. So, and then to, to tell that to all our staff and to let them know about it was, you know, some people took it well, some people took it badly, some people understood, some people found it difficult to understand. So it was it was different ways and we, we had to, individually, we, myself and JD spoke to the majority of people, we kept, and even through the first maybe few days, we were we had our, our, our office team and our, our accountants helping them with, with filling form, form filling and things like that, which obviously, can help, but it is, it's a huge uncertain for everybody. Everybody has different mortgages and they have rents and they have other expenses that they need to cover on a weekly and a monthly basis. So we definitely felt for them. We felt we definitely were very uh, concerned ourselves because we didn't know really what was going to happen. And in fairness to the Irish government, they really did pull in and they did pull out all the stops and it did help uh, to settle things down you know, pretty quickly, pretty early on. And of course, when all this was happening, there was a new headquarters here in Urlingford getting ready to be opened, right. and uh, right. I suppose it'll always be remembered, I suppose, oh, for all sorts of reasons. It came in on a, on, a, on a funny time because we were working on this for the, the previous two, well, year and a half, really, I suppose, from, we started in January 18, and uh, we got in a few guys to have a look at a few things, and then we started getting plans drawn up, and then we started doing our costings, and, and uh, and eventually we started getting the building done and uh, started it and so it was, we had 80% of it, 85% of it done at that stage unfortunately. We stopped the build because it was, we had to, we didn't know where we were that, that weekend. I, I rang two or three of the, the building contractors that we had and uh, I brought the news to them and said listen we, we have to stop for a, a, a you know, see and see where we're going. And in fairness, we were very understanding about this. And, and I suppose the virus was a little bit unknown as well. We didn't know anything about it, and we didn't know how. And it, now we know it's very contagious, it's very dangerous, and, and uh, it's um, something nobody really wants to get. So in the health and, and safety of everybody, our, our, our staff, our customers, our, our friends, we, you know, we want to be spreading this. And I think a lot of that was in the decision as well, when Mr. J.D. sat down on, on the, that Saturday morning. 
to make it. You know, a lot of the decision was for the health and safety of everybody. Of course. And, and you know, we want to play our part. Like, we're here in business a long time, over 100 years. And we, 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 we've gone through a lot of things. It's the first time we've ever closed the doors. You know? uh, JJ, I, I heard you speak a number of times on national media because obviously you're one of the spokespersons for the, the industry. In general, how would you uh, how would you say the government has been uh, dealing with the matter from your industry's perspective? I think the government have been very proactive. They've been very receptive to, to our needs and, and the difficulties we're experiencing and they have been the catalyst for us getting back into business. We're working very closely with both the Department of Transport, the National Transport Authority and other Department of Tourism. So all of them have been very receptive, very understanding of the plight of the sector and, and the essential services we do provide and uh, as a result, they have come forward with, with, with assistance for us to get back on the road. It's unprecedented, it's never happened before in the history of the state where we have received some support for, it was the first time we received support from any government agency for any services we offer, which has been excellent. But imagine that will need to continue for some time yet, given uh, the difficulties in the industry. The, the initial support mechanism is in place for six months, and that may be extended depending on how things pan out. As I said already, our, we, we've seen a, a, a steady growth in patronage so far. So hopefully that we, we'll be back up and running and we, we, we won't need the supports in, the six, in six months' time. But it, it'll all depend on how the, the pandemic uh, behaves itself in the interim. So if, if, things are, if there are closures, like there are potential closures coming in Dublin at the moment and, and in Limerick and in our next-door neighbours here, Tipperary, they're the third highest incidence in the country. So it's very difficult to say. Like, you know, in the tourism side of it, we're fortunate that we have a mix of business here. We, have a, we, we undertake scheduled services, we do tourism, and we do private hire. So in the, in the scheduled services, as I say, the government has put supports in place for us. With regard to tourism, if we were solely involved in that, it's a very difficult situation. There are, there are no supports, are, there's been no support yet. It's coming very small, but it will assist. Like people have invested massive amounts of money in their business over the years. Vehicle values are declining quickly. And that is a big issue for us, and that's the thing we're, we're, we're discussing with government. And is that moment. something that's happening in your colleagues around the country? What are they saying? Is there, is there a, they're saying something similar to yourself, or is there parts of the country well, feeling worse than other parts? Well, the, the sector involved in tourism only would be very badly hit, because they, obviously they haven't had any business since this 13th of March, so therefore they're in a, they have a big problem. And as I said, the value of vehicles, all our fleets, is, is diminishing. And we, we're the only one with right-hand drive vehicles ourselves in, the, in England. So therefore, with Brexit coming as well, we, we, it's very uncertain times for us all. We've seen massive closures in the UK with some of the biggest and longest established coach companies going out of business. One of them was Shearings, you probably see them yes. around Kilkenny over during the summertime on tours. They had 260 coaches just close their door. And how's your and own business in the UK been impacted? It's, well, it's closed. It's closed similar. We closed the same time. It's uh, gradually reopening. Schools are back and that's part of the, the business we do in the UK. And, but it, it is much slower. Yes. I think the government here have been much more responsive and much more uh, understanding of our plight compared to the English government. And Paul, the whole business of travel now, the for people who get on the bus, planning ahead, boarding, safety measures, it's a different environment than, uh, than we could ever have imagined. 
truly is, truly is. We put a lot of work into this before we got back on the road and everything is on our website and it's changingcabinet.ie. It's so important to check it out to make sure that, first of all, you book your ticket online. Secondly, to make sure you know what you have to do when you get on board where you need to, how, how to, where to sit on the bus. Face mask, Face mask, mask and all that, yeah, and hand sanitizer, sanitizer as well, because it's so important that we all keep everybody safe, you know, and um, likewise, our drivers will be helping you as well along, of course, with it, but it's important that you look at our website, it's very proactive with this, and it's very well, well laid out, and it's very easy to follow as well. What sort of reaction are you getting from your customers thus far into, since you resumed uh, activities? Actually, it's amazing. We, we we're back roughly eight days now. We started back last Tuesday on our long-haul services, last Monday on our local services, and the amount of good wishes we're getting on the phone, the amount of people ringing and saying, listen, I see your bus back, wonderful, great to see you back in business again. It's fantastic. And you know something, you feel very good about it. You feel, you know, it, 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 it would definitely get you in an in a emotional point, I suppose. That people do remember you, first of all, and obviously, obviously recognize our brand. And that's so important. Yeah. Obviously, in terms of, uh, there's very early stages yet, you're just back working now, but can you see the whole COVID-19 experience, which unfortunately is still ongoing, can, can that impact maybe your own business plans here over the next number of years well, as to, it's bound to, I imagine. Big time. I think the whole thing is going to change. Like, a, a lot of our business, was airport was probably a, 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 you know, 40 45 percent of our business commuters was a large section of our business daily commuters weekend commuters all of these this is going to change people as JJ said are nervous going to the airports nervous flying out obviously being told by our government and by people not to travel and secondly our commuters that our daily commuters that would be working in Dublin. Now we're all working from home, which is the new fad now. And obviously the, the college students may be going maybe one or two days a week, but not for the full week. But listen, there is upside to this. And the upside is that hopefully more people will maybe take more breaks. Eventually, once things get back and safe and, and the greener, more countries come greener and they can fly to, I suppose, more students might be taking accommodation and might commute sure. on a, maybe for a day or two a week. So, listen, there has to be an upside to this as well, and we have to look at that. Okay, well, look, we'll stick with you maybe, Paul, because uh, JJ Cavan and Sons are obviously the name in, uh, in transport when it comes to carting people from one location to another. You're also the big name when it comes to sponsorship in Kenny Sport with the Junior Hurling Championship and uh, we have had a very different championship this year. We're coming into a weekend with the quarterfinals. Both our clubs are involved but how have you found the, the condensed nature of the championship this year? I think, it's, I think it's really good. We started the training in February. Obviously, the break then came in, in, in March 15th. And you know something, I think even the players like it. It's a more planned thing. Guys can maybe hold hold off and train for that period of time and then play their matches. Matches are quicker. It's probably harder on, on people who get injured. People are going to get injured anyway, I suppose. Listen, I, I think it's good. Matches are coming fierce. And I think this new thing of taping the matches and, and doing the... The whole streaming, streaming yeah. Yeah, I might have uh, JJ about that in a moment but before I go to him then obviously the fact that spectators and supporters can't go out to matches is the, is the big yeah, downside of it. it's, it's, I, you wonder but you know the, this is what we've been told and we have to buy it and, and we have to buy into but you know it's probably a little bit too much maybe but you know, and there's reasons for why it shouldn't be, but it's like everything, that's what it is, and we, we have to obey it, I suppose, and, and, and do the best we can. But, but matches are of, of top quality, players are, there's more people home, obviously, less people going away on J1s or going off working or whatever, so there's probably more 
and, and every every club is more players on training and uh, the activity is a lot great. Yeah, this weekend is part of final weekend, which is real real stuff. And so hopefully uh, you have a serious game against uh, Tuller Ross Merkin. We certainly have. We certainly have. And we played them in the first round. And uh, to give us a bit of a lesson, and uh, to beat us by 12 points that day. But you know, listen, we're, we're going to play him again as well, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll reverse the thing. And yeah. uh, JJ, we spoke before this chat about the whole way technology now is bringing uh, the games into the homes of people, and of course here in uh, Hurlingford with uh, Eddie Hughes on board with his top class technology, the Emeralds games are probably being one of the, the 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 best viewed games of all, given the scale of his technology. I'm sure people in in Hurlingford appreciate the efforts of the club and Eddie to bring those games it's been very different for them it's been it's the the main positive i think that's come from covid uh, has been the the techno the improvement in technology the live streaming of the games i was just talking to my next door neighbor the other morning himself and his wife they were watching both the hurling and then they, they tuned across into the camogie you know so it's wonderful for people that can that that wouldn't be going to a game that they can actually tune in on a Sunday afternoon and watch the games and the fact is you can re-watch them and, and, and uh, you, can, you can watch them a few times if you wish I came home Sunday evening after our match against Mon Levat and I sat down and I watched Conaghy overcoming Barra Rangers so we know now who we're playing and we can we can do a bit of analysis on the opposition oh, I'm, sure, they're doing I'm, sure already, I'm sure it's already done <laughs> but honestly is there, could this become the new normal in terms of watching matches now are we going to see maybe where clubs will have to stream matches and maybe less supporters at games that could be uh, in the same as we talked here about business strategy in terms of strategy for clubs and getting patrons into matches and collecting gates that could be an issue going forward too it could but I think Nicky it's a positive thing I think it's a po- it's, it's opening up the game to a wider audience we have like where, where people aren't say have mobility issues and they, 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 it's, they find it difficult to go to matches particularly in the winter time that now they can they, these games are being streamed live so they can see them so the popularity of the game will increase and the, 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 the audiences will grow and so when, when it comes to and, and fine summer's evening people more people are more inclined to go to matches because they're seeing their, 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 their club they're seeing pe- the, the, their neighbours playing and they, they want to go and support them when, when, when the opportunity will arise so I think it's a very very good thing you think 20-30 years ago we had what the All-Ireland semi-finals and the finals That's on it. television that yeah. was it now we have matches every has it affected the crowds no I can't finish this conversation without uh, mentioning the uh, Camogie Intermediate County final on Sunday because as it happens both of our teams involved has Connie any uh, chance turning up at all I mean uh, well, sure. St Anne's Emeralds won by a cricket score last Sunday and we struggled to get over Barra Rangers and we wasted our time going into Palmerston on Sunday well I'd say if we were playing Barra Rangers we'd have had the same issue Nicky number one and number two we're not re- w- this is our first year in the final we have joined with St Anne's for this is our fourth year together we have never reached the final before so we're I'd say very much the underdog in this situation you're, this is your third final in a row he's saying that listen with a bit of a smile on his face here now. Well, I admit Davina Tobin is, is, is an exceptional player and hopefully she can turn up to turn on the, the style on Sunday again as she has all year for us. She's the captain this year and she's leading by example. She has all year and she, even her training, her the way she takes young ones under her wing at training, it's fantastic to watch. Well, it's great and to she's a great ambassador for the sport. It's great to see that. There's yeah. Look, I'm grateful to you both. I mean, this has been a tough time for a lot of people in your own industry and we know how important you are here in Orlingford, in North Kilkenny, all over Kilkenny, indeed all over the country. It's great to see that things are starting back and of course we are forever grateful to you for your support for the GN Kilkenny and of course for Community Radio Kilkenny City. You're always been to the forefront there. Thank you both and good wishes. Thank you very much Nicky.
Yedevishin Paul August JJ Kavanas, Jurahori Banaktik Banishtikta or JJ Kavanan Sonsari. My thanks to uh, Paul and to JJ. Little bit of buzzing in the background there. I should have copped that. That was actually a, a, a bit of air conditioning that was on at the time. I hope it didn't take from your enjoyment. Well, Tasha, an omenished on PCQL show on Law Derenacht on Holidays on Mayfair. And Mick, you came all the way from Kerry to here. Yeah, so tell me, tell me about your memories coming from Kerry to here and into the Mayfair. Well, I uh, came here in '64, uh, so 1964. So we met here about '66. So did you look across the floor to Mary and says that must be her? Just to, took a smile, but you know to. To, con- to consider all that, you know. Well, tell me you now, did you uh, take long to make up your mind, Mary? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, you can tell us now. No, 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 no. How can you recall, though, of, the, of, of uh, coming here to dances in the Mayfair? I should have been very good. Yeah. yeah. Were there particular bands that you liked? Well, I came to them all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, every, was it, did you find, did you, did you, every Sunday night, and was this much of a change from what you were used to in Kerry? Just something the same. There'd be something the same, you know. That um, it was good here, okay. You, you, your tea on top, or whatever you, you wanted, and uh, it was good to look down from the top and see the the dances and and uh, you know, it's very good. Well, I suppose coming from uh, living away from where you were born, I suppose a place like this was a great way to get to know people. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. I'm too, I'm I know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm well aware of that, but, but I suppose it was also a way to meet people from Kilkenny, and you met other oh, people yeah. from Kerry here as well. Oh, you would. Antipreary, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would, yeah, yeah, yeah. And who were your favourite bands here, Mick? Mick Dell, I'd say. Mick Dell, any time he was here, we definitely strike for Mick Dell. Dinner dances. But did the guards' dinner dance, they used to be on here, wasn't it? That was on here too, yeah. Yeah. You know, that was very, very well run here. Yeah. But certainly you have good memories. I suppose having met here, I suppose it is especially nostalgic for you guys today. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's it's great to see it, and uh, the old photographs are, are really lovely. Okay. Well, we let you back to the photographs. Now, Thanks here's for a story about Katie Daly. Katie Daly came from Tipperary in 1842 and was famous for her poutine otherwise known as Mountain Dew. Anyway, here's the way the song goes. Recall the days coming here to the Mayfair because I know you have lots of memories. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. The Clipper Cartons, the Black Aces, all of the lads, all of show bands really. Most of them appeared 
here in Kilkenny and I, I used to go uh, every every time there was a, a big dance here in Kilkenny I'd go to the Mayfair it was one of the biggest halls in the area and again in, in terms of the band did, were, did any of them stand out as the favourite? oh god yeah uh, the Clipper Carlton were the first one from Straban in in Northern Ireland. And why were they your favourites? Oh, because they were the first one I ever saw. Yeah, the very first one. And they uh, they were they were brilliant musicians, and they could all change what they did. the guitarist would play the trumpet, and the trumpeter would play the saxophone, and they were all brilliant. And the drummer would come out and do something on the floor, you know. That's why they were called show bands, because they'd do a little show during their uh, stint on the stage. And uh, it was just absolutely brilliant. And there was no problem getting people out to dance to that type of music? Oh, God, no, no. no. The, the problem was getting them off the floor. You, they were brilliant. On, you know, there was no such thing as playing about 24 uh, tunes before anybody got up. As soon as the first note was struck, they were out on the floor. And the men ran across to the other side to grab the women? Oh, there was no such thing as going across there. They were all together, all lovely, loving couples, you know. There was not like the old days, uh, the ballroom of romance or anything like that, where all the women were over there and all the men were over here, afraid to mingle. And the priest would be going around with his, with his ruler to keep you so many inches apart. And can you remember those days? I do. I do remember it. But that was mostly in the Cayley times, you know. Yeah. Monday nights on the Cayley or Tuesday, I think it may be. You know. And what did what used the priest do again? He'd go around with his stick or a ruler and to tell you to dance further apart, you know. And uh, did he, had he ever to tell you off? Oh, God, I know. I, I was always a good lad, you know. And would people listen to him when they'd be telling them what to do? Oh, God, sure, sure they... The priest was like God in those days, you know. You'd get off the footpath if you saw a priest coming. They were highly revered by all the people, you know. Do you miss those days? Uh, not those particular items of those days, but I miss the old Black Aces days and, uh, you know, all the show bands. They were just brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Okay, all the best. Yeah, the best in Paddy Lanigan. Well, she'll dare than Clare than you but we just Sam Mary Chadwick, so Steve she looked tasty because the dean of Erin Clare. Funny link, Martha and Tahir Willie Purcell, Chocolate Spirits Alive, Big Ockrell and Clare Show her in Loon, Agus Gideon Sarnshaw Cooing, Slan Agus Bannock. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. 